Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. So today I want to talk about the New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. Now, as we get into this teaching, it's a, it's a, it's a teaching, okay? It's a teaching. But um, there's a prophetic dimension that I'll get into if you behave yourselves. Oh, yes. But if you don't behave, I'll just give you the teaching. God, Papa. If you behave, I'll get into it. But if you don't, I'll just give you the teaching. So the, it will depend on your behavior. Oh, yes. Now, there is something about the book of Revelation. The Bible says, whoever readeth, heareth, and keepeth those things which are written in that book of Revelation, there's a special blessing that God releases on the life of that person. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Right now. Right now. I claim my special blessing. I claim my special blessing. As I read. As I read. As I hear. As I hear. As I keep. As I keep. What is written. What is written. In this book of Revelation. In this book of Revelation. Say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Let this special blessing. Let this special blessing. Manifest. Manifest. In my life. In my life. In my family. In my family. In my children. In my children. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say yes. Yes. Okay. So, this book of Revelation, as you know, is divided into three parts. There's a presentation for you, so you can keep some notes. It's divided into three components. Part number one is the vision of Christ, which is in chapter one. The second part deals with the, the things which are, which is the seven churches, chapter two and chapter three. And the last part, the last division in the book of Revelation deals with things we shall be here after. So, Revelation chapter 1 verse 19 gives us the breakdown of the book of Revelation. Number one, the vision of Christ. Number two, the things which were in the days of John, which was the seven churches. And the last part of that book deals with the things we shall be here after. Meta. Tauta in Greek, metatauta, which deals with what follows after the church age. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. So, from chapter 4, verse number 1, going forward, we are dealing with things we shall be here after. Things we shall be after the church age. And by now, you also remember that the church age is a gap, it is an interval in the prophecy of Daniel. Is that making sense? Oh, yes. It's something that the prophets of the Old Testament, they didn't pick up that there's going to be a church age. That's why you don't hear anything about the church being talked about in the Old Testament. They may have talked about some things, but none of those prophets in the Old Testament actually picked it up that the church shall have its own time because as the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, it is a mystery. Someone say mystery. Mystery. It was revealed to him. This mystery was hidden in God. It was hidden in God from the foundation of the world. So as great as Isaiah was, he never picked it up. And in fact, Isaiah, he tried 
to prophesy. But he didn't see that there was a gap somewhere in his prophecy. He put, he put a comma in that prophecy. Jesus comes, puts a full stop on it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Oh, Deva Papa. Isaiah put what? Jesus put what? Full stop. Full stop. And we are still on the full stop. And Isaiah, we are still on his coma. It's not 2,000 years later. <laughs> so the church is a mystery. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. So, we are dealing with things we shall be after the church ages. So, there are some things that we need to begin to understand that uh, what concerns Israel does not concern the church directly. There are some things. There are others, yes, but others not. So like here now we are dealing with Israel. God has gone back his attention to Israel from the time the church is ruptured. And it's important to notice that even the language, the illusions, the, the examples, the names, the titles that Jesus uses after chapter 4 in the book of Revelation, they have to do with Israel. Is that, is that okay? Amen. All right. Now, when we talk about, hmm, I don't know. Should I continue? Oh, continue, Papa. So this whole study of the book of Revelation is what we call eschatology. Eschatology. Now, as you know, eschatology deals with um, the study of end time events. Okay. Deals with what? End time events. Eschatology deals with end time events. Now, in the eschatology, there are some views that are there that sometimes, you know, theologians, they love debating and arguing and arguing at the end of the day. There's always truth somewhere, somehow. The first thing that you need to pay attention to is there are some theologians who think there's nothing called the millennium. Remember last week I was teaching, I was, no, not last week, the other week I was teaching about what? Was it, was it on a Wednesday or on a Sunday? Sunday. I was thinking about the 1,000 year rule of Christ. Now there are some theologians that think, ah, no, there's nothing called the millennium. Are you hearing me? They deny the existence of the what? Millennium. Others, they hold the view what we call the post-millennium. Others hold the view... That, uh, that the eschatological events will happen before the millennium. They are millennial. Those guys, they deny about most of the things that we're talking about in the Bible. They say it's just allegorical, so they are not really things that we need to pay much attention to. Others think some of those things will happen after the millennium, but we believe, based on what I've been teaching, or based on our study of the scripture, that those, most of those events will happen before the Millennium, the seventy week, the seventieth week of the prophets of Daniel, who happened before the one thousand year rule of Christ, which is pre-millennial. Can you see where the pre-millennial is coming in? Aha! Uh -huh, so it's pre-millennial. But then among the pre-millennial, there are also three camps. There's those who think, you know, things most of the things will be fulfilled in post-tribulation. Others think it will happen mid-tribu, mid-tribulation. Others think it will happen pre. Tribulation. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. But the truth um, of the matter is, 
we know the rapture will happen before the tribulation. So we are pre-tribulational. But some people think the rapture will happen in the middle of the what? Of the 70th week. So those was are called what? Mid-tribulation. But others think, ah, no, these things will happen post-tribulation. Rapture will happen after the tribulation. They are called post-tribulational. I'm giving you all these thoughts so that you can understand. When you're talking to people, they will quickly throw words to confuse you. Don't get confused. Are you hearing me? Amen. People love throwing words to confuse the one they're talking to. They want to appear as if they know. But really, they don't know a thing at all. But most people who think the Bible is just allegorical normally think there's nothing called a millennium, 1,000 years. They normally think most things will happen after the tribulation. But most of us who are premillennial also know that if we are premillennial, then also true rapture will happen before the tribulation. And people call us who think that way fundamentalists. And when the media uses that word, it's a fundamentalist. They're not using it as a compliment. They're using it as name-calling. Like now, they've got new terms, anti-vax. It sounds like a Russian missile, anti-vax. Oh, yes. You know, you know, the media is very good at calling names. Do you know that? We are not, you know, if, if someone is not vax, vax instead of being ani. And vax, they're calling them what? Anti. Anti. <laughs> like, like, a, like a Russian missile or something. <laughs> but anyway, don't be moved by these titles. Fundamentalists. I don't know where they're following me. We are following you. And then there's something else that I want to remind you. The heptatic, someone say heptatic structure. Heptatic structure. What is heptatic, heptatic structure? Heptat, heptatic structure are the sevens that have been built into the events taking place from the seven seals. After the sixth seal, there's a gap, a parenthesis. The, the moment you open the seventh seal, we've got seven what? Trumpets. You open, you go through the six trumpets, there's another what? Parenthesis. Chapter 14 to chapter chapter 10 to chapter 14 of the book of Revelation, and then you open the seventh trumpet, you find seven bowls. Are you following me? You open six bowls, you find another what? Parenthesis. Another gap there. I don't know whether they're even hearing me. Oh yes, we are following. You Papa. find another what? Gap before you open the last bow. So that's called the heptatic structure. Seven. Heptatic is seven. Alright. Now we can get into the book of Revelation chapter 21. Verse number one. It's, it's on the slide there. Let me just use the slide show so we can move fast. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So that verse is astounding because the apostle John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were what? Passed away. Which is the first heaven? Which is the first earth? Which ones are those? Hmm? Which ones are those? These ones, where we are. It shall pass away. Jesus said, Jesus said it, it shall pass away. I know he said it in a different way, but he said it, that this shall pass away. 
until the heavens and the earth pass away, my word shall what? Remain. So in other words, heavens and the earth are capable of passing away. But then there's also something that we see, there was no more sea. So the new earth shall have no sea, which is very good for me. Because I can't swim. Huh? No, when I go to Bonda, I just put my legs on, uh, just nice, relax, in those uh, Fiji chairs, you know, and turn myself a little bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> but for those who love swimming, oops, but that would be good because all of us will be at the same level now. <laughs> but the only downside is I love, I love fishing. So we need to negotiate with the God about fishing on that one. <laughs> you know, in Malawi, my dad used to stop me from going to the lake. We used to live close to Lake Malawi when I was young. My dad told me, don't go there. So sometimes I'll run away, go there. You know, after, after praying in the water, you, when you look at yourself, um, your skin tells the story. Oh, yes. That you were in the water. So when we were coming back, we would find it dust and put dust all over ourselves. <laughs> so daddy doesn't know that we went to the, to the lake. <laughs> okay. So, the first heaven shall pass away. The earth shall pass away. Now, there's something that um, we find in the book of Peter. Let's continue. Uh, Second Peter chapter 3. Verse number 10 and 11. Let's continue the slide. I've got it there. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. My God. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be bent up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Someone say amen. Amen. So Peter picks up this this issue that the heavens and the earth shall pass away. And then he says because that these things shall met with fervent heat. What kind of a people we need to be? What manner of conversation? This conversation is not just what you are talking about. It's your behavior. Knowing that the earth shall pass away. Not that knowing that the heavens shall pass away. What kind of behavior do you need to have as a child of God? You know, in other words, it's an exhortation to holiness. It is an exhortation to righteousness. Are you hearing me? An exhortation to live a life worthy of your calling. To live a life worthy of a child of God. Because these things we see are not there forever. The earth is not there forever. They shall pass away. So as a child of God, you need to come to a place where you are saying, I am a child of God. I'm separate from the world. I'm not like those of the world. I'm not like them. Although I am in the world, I am not of the world. Am I talking to somebody right here? So live your life, you know, in a way that is pleasing unto God. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens 
and a new earth. So now that we are not too comfortable with what we have now. We are looking for the new earth and the new what? New heaven. Wherein it dwelleth what? Righteousness. Someone say amen. Amen. Let's continue the slide. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now here, some theologians, they get confused. They begin to say that the New Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. The New Jerusalem is not the bride of Christ. The Bible is saying, and I, John, saw the Holy City, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven, prepared as what? As a bride adorned for her what? In other words, the way the New Jerusalem shall look like, shall be looking like on the day of your wedding, how you looked. How stunning you were looking. Oh, yes. How they painted you. Oh, yes. You know, you see some people on the door of their wedding. You go, is it the same person? <laughs> Amen. That's why, that's why when I'm, uh, you know, blessing people on their, door, on their door of wedding, I make sure I ask the man, is this the one? <laughs> Look carefully. Because someone missed it. It's in the Bible. Someone missed it. Yes, amen. Yeah, it's in the Bible. <laughs> they painted the sister to look like her. Amen. So he should have, he should, he should have brought some water to wash off the paint to see, ah, no, you are not the one. Yeah. Oh, yes. He only realized after she, saw, she, after she had taken a shower in the morning. Ah! <laughs> you are different. <laughs> so he went to the dad-in-law. What have you done? You're giving me a different one. <laughs> okay. But the point is, the new Jerusalem shall be made so beautiful. Like the way a woman looks on the door of what? Of her wedding as a bride adorned for her husband. Are we clear so far? So New Jerusalem is not the bride, but shall be made beautiful as a bride. Are you, are you following? Oh, yes. Verse number three. Let's continue with the slide. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, this is a phenomenal sentence. It's a phenomenal statement. Because what you need to understand is God has always desired to dwell among his people. It has never been the desire of God to live away from his people. He has always wanted to dwell among his people. And so here we find the fulfillment of that very desire of God. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The tabernacle, the word tabernacle means dwelling place. 
not the temple as you know it. Because sometimes we may think he's talking about the temple of God is with men. In the new Jerusalem, there shall be no temple there. Why? Because God is among people. So you do not need to go to a particular place to worship him. Because he's among us, worship shall be everywhere in the new Jerusalem. There will be no, no spot called the temple. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So all these temple things, it was God's will, God's desire to try to tabernacle among men, among people. So when God built, you know, that, that thing that he gave to Moses, the model that he gave to Moses, his desire was to make his presence dwell among people. But now we shifted from there to where now God comes to you and says, you are my temple, I'm going to dwell in you. Are you hearing me? So from a physical structure to a walking structure. So that's why prayer should be something that you can do anytime, anywhere, any moment. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Because you are that temple of the Holy Ghost. God dwells in you as a temple of God. That's why beyond the prayer, you have to be a carrier of the presence of God. Am I talking to someone right here? Oh, yes. You need to be someone who is a carrier of the presence of God. You need to be someone who is an oracle of God. When people talk to you at your workplace, you need to be able to speak as the oracle of God. Oh, yes. mm. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. You are an oracle, a carrier of God. So when you are walking, walk like a carrier. Don't just walk very, 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 very. No, walk like a carrier of Jehovah God. <laughs> hey! Hey! Say neighbor. Neighbor. I'm a carrier. I'm a carrier. You dress like a carrier. You talk like a carrier. Oh, yes. Some people when they are talking, go, oh my God, that's a strange career. <laughs> Should I go deeper than this? Oh, go deeper, Papa. Are you sure? Oh, yes. You can handle it? We are following. <laughs> I have to keep asking and checking. I receive. You know, when you, when you look at the plan of God, God has always decided to live among his people. Believe you me. It's only us, the people who, know, who don't understand this stuff. But the Almighty himself has always wanted to dwell among his, his people. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. I receive. I receive. Say neighbor. Neighbor. I am a carrier. I am a carrier. Say I am the temple of God. I am the temple of God. Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. Exodus 25, verse number 8. There's a verse that I want to make reference to. Amen. I want us to do it together. One, two, three, go. And let them make me a sanctuary. 
that I may dwell among them. Let them make me what? That I may what? Dwell among them. So you see, the whole purpose why God gave Moses the sanctuary, what, what, was so that God may dwell among them. Now, if you are the temple of God, then it doesn't change the purpose why God has made you become the temple. The purpose is still the same. Amen. That I may dwell among them. So let's say your family, nobody is born again except you. What is the plan of God? That I may dwell among them through you. What if nobody in your workplace is born again? What is the purpose of God? That I may dwell among them in you. The plan of God is always to dwell with his people. That's why in the final chapter, remember we are now in chapter 21. The next chapter is 22. We finish the book of what? Revelation. God is coming back to the original intent. I told you that everything that began in the book of Genesis has got its climax, its ending where? In the book of Revelation. Everything that was lost in the book of Genesis has been regained in the book of what? Revelation. Everything that was messed up in the book of Genesis has been restored in the book of what? Revelation. So you see that God's idea, God's plan is always to dwell among his people. Even today, it's God's desire to dwell among his people. So you as a child of God, you need to change your attitude. You need to change the way you see yourself. Change the way you think about who you are. Always think about it in the light that God has always desired to dwell among his people. Oh yes. Hmm. Are you hearing me? Oh yes. Is it making sense? Oh yes. I receive. Exodus 29. Exodus 29, verse. Mm -hmm. Let's read the 42 to 46 because of time. Are you learning something? Oh, yes, Papa. We are blessed. receive. Amen. Okay, let's read together. One, two, three, go. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them, I am the Lord their God. Did you say that? Did you say that? Give me Numbers 35, verse number 34. And, uh, 33 and 34. 
Numbers 35, verses 33 and 34. Amen. Let's read together, one, two, three, go. So ye shall not pollute the land wherein ye are, for, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein but by the blood of him that shed it. Defile not therefore the land which ye shall inhabit, wherein I dwell, for I the Lord dwell among the children of Israel. I don't know whether you understood that. Did you understand it? Oh yes. You know? There are things that God repeats himself over. There are so many verses. I've just picked those few. There are so many things that God has said, repeated, and that is one of those important things that God wants to dwell among his people. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. So which means we as children of God, there's a place and a time we need to raise our consciousness to begin to understand that God's desire is to dwell among his people. And you, you are the temple of that God. Oh, yes. How many of you are actually conscious that when you entered your car, God entered the car? How many of you are conscious the moment you entered your office, God entered the office? How many of you are conscious that wherever you go, God goes? Wow. I don't know whether you're hearing me. As we come to church here, we are not coming to look for God. God came in you into the church. You see, I love our ushers. Our ushers treat people with respect. Amen? Oh, yes. They are conscious of the fact that this one here, they are tabernacles, the presence of God. But when you go to some churches like that one there, they treat people like nobodies. They don't know that these people are not coming to look for God. God came in them. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, we hear you. I went to some church to meet a prophet. Oh, my God. I almost turned back at the airport. The people were rough. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Don't they know that God was in me too? Amen. Anyway, but that's not in the streams. Amen. Back to our presentation. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Now, there's something here that most theologians confuse. Here the Bible is talking about the new Jerusalem. But there's something similar, almost equal, that Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 65, I think. There he's talking about the millennium, the 1,000 year. During the 1,000 year rule, people will still be dying. Are you hearing me? So when you read the, the account in the book of Isaiah, there's death there. People die. 
Now, people confuse because some of the things, they sound the same, but really they are different. In the 1,000-year time when Jesus will be on earth, don't forget, don't, sin will still be there. People will still be dying. But in the new Jerusalem, there will be no death. There will be no sin. However, we see something important. God shall what? Wipe away their tears from their eyes. For there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are what? Passed away. But now the question is, why should God wipe away tears when there are no tears? Now come and think about it. Where did the tears come from? God is a father. There will be no death in that in that in the new millennium. I mean, in the in the new Jerusalem. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more. The language there is very confusing, isn't it? Let's continue with our presentation. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is. One more time. It is done. One more time. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my daughter, son. I receive. You are an heir. Say, I'm an heir. I am an heir. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Verse 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Say, O oh Lord. O oh Lord. I cast away. I cast away. All fear. All fear. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Say, Jesus. I refuse. I refuse. To fear. To fear. I refuse. I refuse. To make decisions. To make decisions. Based on fear. Based on fear. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, you spirit of fear. You spirit of fear. I cast you out. I cast you out. I command you out. I command you out. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, listen to me. The thing is, the thing is, the devil uses fear a lot. To control God's people. The reason why God's people are not able to function by faith. Is because they function by fear. As powerful as God is. He is powerless in the presence of fear. Can I say that again? As powerful as God is. He is powerless 
in the presence of what? Fear. Imagine, imagine we are dealing with the Goliath, the giant. We are dealing with the whole army of Israel. The whole army of Israel, including the king called Saul, who had been anointed by the same prophet who anointed David. He was gripped by the spirit of fear. So when Goliath appeared, they all ran away into hiding. And then another boy by the name of David, anointed by the same prophet Samuel, when he saw Goliath, he refused to fear. Oh, yes. He said, who art thou, the uncircumcised Philistine, to defy the armies of the living God? Said today I will chop you down. I will cut you to pieces. I will trim you to size. Fear. Someone say fear. Fear. That's why in all this pandemic, in all this pandemic, the one weapon the devil used is called in capital letters, in red, F-E-A-R, fear. Oh, yes. And the government and its propaganda machine, they've used it very well. Oh, yes. It's a new virus. It is attacking everybody. Now they are busy injecting your, <laughs> the five-year-olds, five to eleven. I told you, me, I, me, when I speak things, I'm prophesying. Remember? I said they'll begin from the older ages. They'll be going what? They'll be going what? I'm telling you. Now they're only five. After they are dealt with the five to eleven, they'll go down. Mm. To the newborn babes. Amen. The day a child is born, they'll, they'll inject the stuff in them. The whole thing is about fear. Imagine Daniel facing the den of lions. If Daniel had feared to face lions, that was the end of his story. If Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego had feared to face the furnace of fire, that was the end of his story. But the fact that they stood their ground and said, come what come may. Oh, yes. Whether God will save us or he will not save us. Oh, yes. We don't really care, O king. We will not bow down to your idol. God showed up. Your God may be in the furnace. He will not come out of the furnace to meet you this side. Amen. He will wait for you in the furnace. Oh, yes. Your God may be in the den of lions. He will not come out of the den of lions to meet you out there. He will be waiting for you in the what? In the den. Until you overcome fear and you enter the den. You are stuck. Oh, yes. I don't know whether you are hearing me. Oh, we hear you, Papa. Are you following me? Oh, yes. Say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. All right. Let's continue the presentation. And there, come, and there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of the seven last plates, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Now you see, what are we seeing? The bride, the lamb's wife. Okay. This is where most theologians miss it. 
And he carried me away in the spirit of a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of what? Heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. And he carried me away in the spirit of a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Am I repeating myself? I've repeated that verse, right? All right. Now, when you look at that word, um, clear as crystal, that word crystal here is probably a diamond. Okay? As what? A diamond. diamond. Now, some, 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 some artists have tried to draw how the city looks like. Um, there are some, I, I included some pictures there. They are trying to show us how the city looks like. But I don't think anyone can really, really depict how it looks like. Amen. There's another one there. There's another one again. <laughs> it's a good try. Very good try. Where are they getting that idea? They're getting the idea from the fact that um, this city is descending out of heaven from God, but it doesn't tell you where it lands. So there's a kind of a gap in the narrative. My suspicion is this city lands in Jerusalem. It doesn't stay up here in the air. I don't know whether you're hearing what I'm saying. Oh, yes. Because the way people understand it is as if it says where? It says somewhere in the air. That's why those pictures, with some of them, they've got something just floating. But I don't think it's a city which is floating. It's actually in our current Jerusalem. That's where it lands. Anyway, I'll talk about that if you behave yourselves. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Andy had and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So we see that in the foundation you've got what? The 12 apostles of the Lamb. On the gates you've got what? The names of the tribes of the children of who? Israel. But on the gates, they are who? I know you missed it. What's on the gates? Someone say angels. Angels. Yeah, so on the gates there are angels. But on the, the name is written there. The, three, I mean the tribes of children of Israel. And then when you got the foundation, you've got what? The names of 12. the 12 apostles. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Or I've lost you somewhere. We are following. Are you following? Oh, yes. Okay, next. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper. And the city was pure God, like unto clear glass. 
and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, the second is what? Sapphire. The third, the third, Charles Donny, the fourth, Emma. the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, Crystallite, the eighth, Bearer, the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, uh, <laughs> Crystal process. The eleventh, Jacinth. The twelfth, amethyst. and Amethyst. Now, 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 say now. Now. You know, it's amazing everything that starts from wherever in the Bible ends in the book of what? Revelation. When you go to Exodus chapter 28, Exodus 28, verse 15 to 21, are you being blessed? Oh, we are blessed, Papa. I receive. Exodus chapter 28, verses 15 to 21. There's something there very important the Bible says. One, two, three, go. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen. Shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set in, in it settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be sardius, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a ligure, and a gate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Every one with his name shall, be, shall they be according to the twelve tribes. Are you hearing me? So what, you, what used to happen was the high priest had a breastplate here on his chest. And there were one, two, three stones. One, two, three, four rows. Why? Each one of those stones represented the tribe of Israel. Each one of them. So there were 12. So that each time he comes to worship God, what was happening? He carried he carried yes. the 12 tribes with him into the presence of God. Amen. I don't know whether you hear Oh, me. yes. So this whole thing is prophetic. Someone say prophetic. Prophetic. And we find the same thing now in this new what? Jerusalem. That the same stones are being used. But if you go one level deeper, you find that these, these stones are also 
the same stones associated with the zodiac. How many about the zodiac? How many have ever used the zodiac? Now, now, now people not raise their hands. <laughs> How many have ever used the zodiac? Okay. We know the zodiac. Do you know what it is? Okay. You see, the zodiac is a real thing. And the principle is exactly on these on this stones here. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Are you following me? Or I've lost you somewhere. We are following, Papa. You are following? Oh, yes. The only difference is, when you look at the zodiac, what John has done in the book of Revelation has put the rocks in a reverse order compared to the order that the zodiac has these things. I don't know if you are hearing me. Are you following me? Oh, yes. All right. Let's look at the different stones. Can you give me the slides where it says, um, I'll tell which one. Um, next. Next. Yep. Okay. So the jasper is associated with what? What sign on the zodiac? Spices. Spices. And that was the representative of Simeon. A sapphire. Sapphirius. Is associated with who? Sapphirius. Aquarius. And it was representative of who? Ruben. And then the, the Chardone is associated with what? Capricorn. Capricorn. Representative of which tribe? Naphtali. Naphtali. And emerald associated with what? Sagittarius. Me, I used to be... What, what, what was mine? I think it was Aquarius, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. February. If you are born in February, they used to call it Aquarius. But you see, the, wiz the, witch the witches, the, wi the wizards, and the sorcerers, they have taken that and incorporated it into their wizardry. And they use it. Amen. I don't know whether you're hearing what I'm saying. Oh, yes. They use it. So as a child of God, you are not supposed to mess with that. Amen. Is that clear enough? Someone was asking me, Prophet, can I use these things? No. The answer is no. It said I can go and, do, and buy some, some things. No. Sardonics associated with the Scorpio and was associated with the tribe of Dan. Give me the next one. Uh -huh. Sardius Levi. It's Libra. Chrysolite associated with what? Virgo. Virgo. It's the tribe of what? Zebulon. Zebulon. Next. Beryl. Associated with what? Leo. Leo. Tribe of what? Judah. Judah. Topaz. Associated with what? Cancer. The tribe of Issachar. Chrysoprasus. Associated with what? Gemini. Gemini. And the tribe of? Benjamin. Benjamin. Jacinth. 
Aries. Taurus. Taurus. The tribe of Joseph. Joseph. Amethyst. Aries. Aries. The tribe of God. God. So when you hear people using those things, now you understand where they're coming from, what they are, and where did they get them from. All right, let's finish. And the 12 gates were 12 perils. Every several gate was of one peril. And the street of the city was pure God as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. Can you see that? I saw what? No temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the what? The temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun neither of the morning to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor unto it. Do you see why I'm saying it's not in, hanging somewhere in the sky? It's literally in Jerusalem. People have got access to this city. Is that making sense? Another thing that I want you to see, there are still kings of nations. There are still nations out there. There are still kings out there. But the sun is gone. They are no longer using the sun for light. But the glory of the Lord who is in Jerusalem is now the light thereof. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all day by. Uh, or, or, or shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. My God. Someone say, my God. My God. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it. And they shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever waketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of... Now they are giving you the inheritance, I mean the inhabitants, the inhabitants of that city. It's only those people who have got their names written in the book in the book the lamb's book of life amen are you following me oh yes so when anyone talks about the new Jerusalem, you know what it is now there's something important i want to mention now this is the prophetic part can i go deeper go deeper papa you have behaved yourself well so i can give you the prophetic part go deeper papa <laughs> you know, it's a heavy teaching. It's a heavy subject. Heavy subject. That's why people just run away from it. Don't just talk about it. The prophetic part of it is that there are some things that we have in the present world which are a prophetic representation of something which is real in the realm of the spirit. There are some places that we have in the physical realm now which are a prophetic representation of a real place which is still present today in heaven. So when we look at the tabernacle, it was a physical representation of a spiritual reality. Mm, you are not hearing me. Oh, yes. The tabernacle was a physical what? 
representation of a spiritual what? Reality. That's why when people associate themselves with the physical representation, they used to touch the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. When people went into the physical temple to worship there, in the realm of the spirit, it was as if they had entered into the realm of the spirit and they went into the real spiritual temple and they did real spiritual worship and they got spiritual results. Oh, yes. I don't know if they're hearing me. So there are cities like Jerusalem. Someone said Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That city, that's why there's no any city on earth that has ever seen more wars being fought over that, that small piece of land Amen. than the city of Jerusalem. Every major religion on earth has tried to take over that city, Jerusalem. As I'm speaking today, Jerusalem is the center of Islam. Yes. As I'm speaking today, Jerusalem is the center of Judaism. As I'm speaking today, Jerusalem is the center of Christianity. Are oh, you yes. not hearing? Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Simply because that small piece of land, Jerusalem, has got a direct parallel to the realm of the spirit. So, in other words, when we talk about the people who owned that city, the Jebusites, the Jebusites, those people were more spiritual than anything you can think about. They were very spiritual. That's why when God was telling the children of Israel to go and conquer the land of Canaan and dispossess them of that land, it, oh my God, should I even go deeper than go this? Deeper, Baba. It meant that God understood that as long as the wicked are in control of that piece of land, they've got access to the realm of the spirit. You see, that city, Jerusalem, it's a very spiritual point of contact. It's a point of contact. Oh, it's yes. a parallel. It's a portal. It's an open place where you access the realms of heaven. Are you hearing me, Samuel? Oh, yes. You access the realms of the spirit. Now, you as a child of God, you need to begin to develop a mentality that what God is doing in your life is a prophetic act. The mere fact of making you being the temple of God. In other words, God is using you as a point of contact to connect you to the realms of the spirit. There's a point of contact in your life that when people talk to you, they can actually talk with the realm of the spirit. They can actually connect to heaven. I'm not talking to somebody right here. Oh, yes. Why? Because God is a prophetic God. He's doing something prophetic. He has always done something prophetic. He shall always do something prophetic until the day the reality comes into the earth. Say, I am prophetic. I am prophetic. So when people say, hey, you, you go to a prophetic church, it's just ignorance in demonstration. As long as they are born again, they are prophetic. 
As long as God says you are my temple, they are prophetic. Why? Because the temple of God, God is moving away from having a physical temple. Are you hearing me? It was represented in the, by the tabernacle of Moses. When the days came of Ezekiel, they built a proper house, which was the house of God. Are you hearing me? In the days of David, I mean the days of Solomon, they built that thing as the presentation of the, of the presence of God. Now when God shifted after that, he went to the person who is you. Say me. Me. So you are now the temple of God today. But in the future, we shall not have any more temple in the new Jerusalem. Why? Because when God comes to live among men, we shall need no other place to go to to worship. Wherever you are in that city, wherever you are on earth, you shall be able to connect Jehovah God. Am I talking to somebody right here? Say yes. Yes. Because it is the desire of God to dwell among men. So you need to have a spiritual understanding of these things. So those of you who come with me to Israel, or you went with me to Israel, I want to begin to understand these secrets now. That when you enter that piece of land. Oh, yes. You have entered a sacred piece of property. Amen. That's why on that mountain where the temple of Solomon was built, Today you find a mosque there. On the place where there was the Hall of Holies, you find the Dome of the Rock. And the Muslims, they tell you that Muhammad came from Saudi Arabia underground, popped on that rock, and entered heaven to receive the, the law. And when he died, his spirit didn't leave Saudi Arabia and go up to heaven. It went underground, went to Jerusalem on that rock, and entered heaven. So, so they built the dome of the rock on that place. Every Christian is never allowed there. No Jew is allowed there. Only Muslims enter where the rock is. That thing, the thing that looks like Jerusalem. When you see it, you know Jerusalem. Am I, am I right? Yes. <laughs> it has now become the symbol of what? Jerusalem. We as Christians, we can go walk around on the Temple Mount, but no Jew is allowed there. Each time a Jew goes there, it's a, there's riots. Amen. In other words, the tribes that settled the land of Canaan were not physical as in the physical, physical, physical. They had more things spiritual than what you think. The reason why God wanted the children of Israel to exterminate them and terminate all of them was because those guys, remember, they were giants. And the giants were products of fallen angels and the daughters of men. Amen. In other words, those tribes understood the realm of the spirit more than people think. Amen. Because these fallen angels were coming to teach the knowledge of the realm of the spirit perverted to physical people. So those people could live forever and need not a savior to save them. The reason why those tribes occupied that land is because they knew the Savior shall be born in that land. Ah, you are not even here. Oh, yes. 
The reason why the devil planted all those giants in that land was because he was trying to prevent the Savior from being born. There's no way the Savior could have been born in Malawi. There's no way the Savior could have been born in Idenarao, as beautiful it is. There's no way the Savior could have been born in Sydney, as beautiful as it is. He had to be born in that place of land. Why? Because that place is a parallel of what there is in the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. I don't know whether even following Oh, yes, me. we're following. I've gone too deep. We are following, Papa. So from a prophetic point of view, this way I find that there are some things prophets will do. They may not make sense in the natural, but believe you me, they have good results in the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People attack the prophetic. They attack the prophetic. Why? Because they don't understand the prophetic. The prophetic is as spiritual as it gets. I'm telling you. So I'll tell you, turn around in the natural. You turn around. No, no, not knowing that in the spirit you've just turned things around. Oh, yes. That's why the moment you connect to a prophetic portal like this place that we, ha we have. Oh, yes. Your life has no choice but to begin to change. Amen. But to begin to shift. Oh, yes. People don't understand why we have like things like that. You see, that's idol worship. Can I go deep? Go deeper, Papa. <laughs> oh, my God, my God. Are you following me? Oh, yes. The prophetic, it's about representation of a reality in the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. Because the presence of God is here. How do we physically demonstrate? How do we physically portray that truth? It is by having the ark or the covenant. Because the ark, the ark or the covenant had two components. Are you following me? The ark is this one. Up to here. This top part is not the ark. This top part is not even the lady or the ark. It is a separate component. Amen. It is called the mercy seat. Oh, yes. Someone said the mercy seat. The mercy seat. You see? That's the mercy seat there. This is the mercy seat. So when Hebrews say, no, we can't, let us come bodily unto the what? Mercy seat. We're not talking about the whole ark. We're talking about this piece. The message. Amen. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, we are following, Papa. It's the what? Message. So, when you are a prophetic person, you need to begin to understand that there are parallels of some spiritual stuff here on earth today. Oh, yes. My God. 
think I'm losing you now. No, we are following, Papa. Are you following? Oh, yes. Are you sure? Oh, yes. Ah, no. It's not necessary. Nowadays, we're in the New Testament. Tell them, yep. We're in the New Testament. Thank you. Amen. Why do you have all those things in your church? Tell them it's not your church. It's our church. Oh, yes. No, but you should not have them. No. It's okay for you not to have them. It's okay for us to have them. We are a prophetic generation. Oh, yes. Say, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I am. I am. The temple of God. The temple of God. I don't know whether you're hearing me. You see, we as prophetic, the whole reason why we use oil, are you hearing me? Why we use what? Oil. People don't understand why we use oil. God did it. Used oil to anoint Saul. Used oil to anoint who? David. And they say, oh, no, no, we don't need oil today because the Holy Ghost is here. No, the oil was not a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The oil was oil. Amen. I don't know whether you're hearing me. How we hear you, Papa? Read my book. You find something there. You see? You see this? You see this? Oh, yes. What is this? The box. <laughs> What's in the box? Oil. Oil? Or a candle. A candle. You see this? What's there? What's that picture there? The altar of incense. You had three, three things. You had, you had one, the menorah lamp. This one here, can you see it? Amen. And then you had uh, the showbread, and we don't have that table here, where we, where we put fruits. Yes. The shortbread. And the third thing was this. The altar. In the holy, in the holy place. There were three pieces of item. Every single day the priest would go here and put incense and burn incense. Amen. There. And the smoke would rise. Now when you go to the book of Revelation, you find the same thing being done in the temple of God. Are you hearing me? That angels are burning what? Incense. And the Bible says these are the what? The prayers of the saints. And that's why I had to make this candle. It's called answered what? Prayers. Because as a prophetic person, you want to replicate what you see in the realm of the spirit. Oh, yes. You want to duplicate what you see in the realm of the spirit to create the same environment, to effect the same results. Am I trying to somebody right here? Oh, yes. Because you are a prophetic seed. I don't know whether you're even hearing me. We hear you, Papa. Someone say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So these candles are not just candles the way you use candles to chase mosquitoes. Amen. 
These are not mosquito chasers. These are prophetic candles. Oh, yes. Someone said prophetic candles. Prophetic candles. We are a prophetic seed. It gives even instructions. There's a card in there that gives instructions on what to do so you don't mess it up. There should be a small card in there. You found it? This one here. It has got instructions of how to use it so you don't, you don't mess it up. And it warns you, don't leave your candle unattended. Amen. Because I can see some of you, every night I'm sleeping, I'll just put it on and sleep. <laughs> don't oh, yes. leave it unattended. Are you ready for prayer? Are we are ready. I receive. Say, O oh Lord. O oh Lord. Everywhere I am. Everywhere I am. By your grace. By your grace. I'll be your best representative. I'll be your best representative. I'll represent your temple. I'll represent your temple. And your presence. And your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom.